Ahoy, mateys. This is Adrienne Barbeau, your nightlight, and you are listening to the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast. And yes, genius, you can call me Billy. in and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast that celebrates the entire catalog of the fine young cannibals. My name is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And on today's episode, we continue to wander the wasteland here in the month of May as we talk and try to make sense of Neil Marshall's killer 2009 mixtape, Doomsday. Mm-hmm. But before we get into that, let me remind you we're part of the Boom Howdy Podcast Network. Boom Howdy. You can find our past episodes at boomhowdy.com, or the easiest way to listen in is to simply search for Nightmare Junkhead in your iTunes or SoundCloud app, hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it'll download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your eye hole. It was one... The multitude of ways. Right. The multitude of right, ways. Right, right. It was kind of like this. in the Matrix, you know, when all the things I was like, at the end, like, dip, Okay. <laughs> Sorry, sorry. I was just wondering where that could go. But if you are out in the uh, wasteland and you uh, happen to find a little Wi-Fi service and you want to surf the web, well, you can join us on the uh, the social media, uh, on Facebook at Nightmare Junket and on Twitter at Nightmare Junk. And it's important, as we say this time of the year, to follow us, especially on Facebook, because... I am an admitted, if this was the apocalypse, I would sadly be the lone wolf, the lone <laughs> warrior. But it's only because these occasional options that I get out and about, and it's because we host a lot of stuff here about town. Yeah. And so on Facebook, we've been posting a lot of the stuff that we have been hosting. And here, this particular episode is released on May 17th. Mm-hmm. Kansas City up, Horror Club. You got to keep up with the shenanigans. You got to right? get on the book of face. So what's so. going on at Kansas City Horror Club, May 17th? Kansas City Horror Club, we got a delightful entry into Terra. <laughs> Tapcade, a little bit of Tromaville action. Uncle Lloyd presents the classic Toxic Avenger. Uh, <laughs> this is Forty Second Street at its finest. It's gonna, you know, it's gonna get ooey gooey. It's gonna be great. I, I think I appreciate trauma films more than I really like them, mm-hmm. and I don't want to say that in a bad way. No, like, and sometimes when you're ready for a Tromaville, uh, it it just hits the spot because it's just full of like offensiveness and gore and just ooey gooey and like especially this is probably the like the most easily accessible trauma entry isn't that weird the one that's truly offensive (laughs) right gratuitous nudity it's the best way to because it's the one that spawned comic books and cartoons yeah think about that right of all the franchises to spawn kid paraphernalia Mm -hmm. the toxic avenger and again uncle lloyd it's kind of crazy now that is going to be a lot of fun thank you to the Kansas City Horror Club for that. And then the following Friday on May 24th, um, I'll just say it right now, I guess this episode is unofficially brought to you by Shudder. Number one, the film that we're going to be talking about, but also uh, Shudder is part of a reason why, again, being kind of a shut-in, being a shut-in on Friday night. Shudder shut-in. Shudder shut-in. It's not too bad on Fridays, actually. And it's um, because of... And if you have to be of a certain age to go back to the horror host, mm-hmm. would you agree or disagree? On I would that? agree. I would agree. I mean, there are, there are plenty still uh, to this day. Although we, yeah, we and we still got a good one going on right now. Absolutely, it's uh, going back to Monster Vision, mm-hmm. to the nascent days before the internet, where the information we gathered was through a lot of research. <laughs> Or if you were lucky enough, you got to see Monster Vision hosted by one Joe Bob Briggs. Yeah. And the whole like, and the whole thing was he just brought in all this information because he's a critic for, first and foremost. And this guy is like a genre expert. Mm-hmm. He knows his shit. And you were lucky enough. You had you hosted an event with him, correct? Mm-hmm. He came to the Alamo and we saw, uh, he did his thing. We didn't know what movie we were saw, but then it was Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, which oh. was rad. And I'm glad he was there because he eased a lot of people in because a, like 75% of the audience was their first time yeah. seeing this movie. And so he was there and proved and like, you know, this is why we do stuff. And sometimes you need that like, here, let me help you in, you know? He gives you the context that you mm-hmm. need to know what you're stepping into. Well, they brought that back through Shutter, and it's the it's Joe Bob Briggs, the last drive-in, and it's the reason to stay in on Friday nights. And the whole thing is it's a double feature. 
you never know what he's screening, but it's the whole Monster Vision thing where he pops in every 25 minutes and gives you just some little great little nuggets. Uh, they brought the male girl back. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun, and it's just it's one of those things that ultimately, like I said, I'm I'm driven. I'm looking forward to every Friday, and the films they've gone through are incredible. This is a long way of saying. I'm excited because now we get to host this. We're going to view a viewing party mm-hmm. at Screenland Tapcade. So if you don't have Shutter, you can come out and see Joe Bob's gloriousness. And again, you know, we don't know what we're going to see. So we're in for the ride with you. And it starts approximately about 7.50. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to do a little bit of a pre-show that starts at 7.30. Then we're going to ex- ha- explain how everything's going to work. And we're going to p- approach this like a movie. Mm-hmm. So there's no commentary. There's no chit-chat. But it's it's an, it's an education. Right. A genre education that only Joe Bob Briggs can give you. So please come and check that out. It's going to be a blast. Mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, but to get back into reality here, as we do wander the wasteland... Um, as we found out in last week's episode, if you're if you're out in the post-apocalyptic setting, you need to bring in people because mm-hmm. what did they say in Game of Thrones? It's uh, the lone wolf doesn't survive. No, it's the lone wolf something, but the pack survives. Yeah, the lone wolf dies, the pack survives. And then so we are bringing in a special guest to you know help us see if we can survive this post-apocalyptic journey. Uh, you know our next guest as the co-host of the Media Rewind podcast, where they are. Um, debating right now the merits of uh, Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Um, they bid adieu to one into the Badlands. Yeah. Oh, that was a sigh. I'm sorry. I probably cut a little too deep there. Please welcome back. You know him. He is. He put the huge and Lord Humongous, Dustin Pryor. Leave the gas. Walk away. <laughs> you offer safe passage. <laughs> no. What's up, guys? How are you? I'm good, man. How are, how are you guys getting by now that... Oh, see, now we're actually recording this when we would be watching Into the Badlands, so it's it's so a, you haven't actually it's like this a is, double dagger. This, this ah. is the, but this is kind of the salve. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> How then, just to give a little talk about the about the podcast, uh, where can our listeners find the Media Rewind on the Twitterverse? You can find us at Media Rewind Pod on Facebook, Media Rewind Podcast, and you can find either Genius or myself <laughs> over at BoomHowdy.com. Boom Howdy. There we go. <laughs> So, in a short uh, recap here, Game of Thrones last episode, yay or nay? I dug it, but then again, yeah. I'm not I'm not as hypercritical as a lot of people are like, oh, the writing shit, and it's too dark, and meh. Yay, yay with beefs. Yay with beefs. Yeah, I mean, we're always going to have some like nitpicky stuff. Right, but I right, mean, right. But overall, I still dig it. I'm still fucking watching it. It's a fantastical know? journey. It is. It's magical. And I'll say this. You you just gave them like a tenth of percent of the the snarky energy that I heard <laughs> off mic. <laughs> so like, bravo, sir, bravo. I try to dial it back a couple. Yeah, but, but if you want to hear their true opinions on that, <laughs> make sure to check out the podcast. And actually, I've enjoyed the recaps as well. Again, just with the the kind of the terminology that well, you I appreciate that. Thank you man. again, Cindy Margolis. Cindy Margolis. Well, two films in here, when we were putting together kind of our, our playlist, films that we wanted to talk about, there was a particular film that you immediately mm-hmm. were like, oh, 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 I want to talk about it. I want to yeah. talk about that. This is Neil Marshall's divisive film, Doomsday. Speaking of divisive in Game of Thrones, you know? Yeah, exactly. Hey, oh, man, I love Doomsday. I do, too. This movie is grand. So, again, so what, what, where does the love come from? Just everything. I mean, I like post-apocalyptic films, you know, and it's got a sprinkling of literally everything you have ever seen on yep. it. Just like you said, Neil Marshall's mixtape. That's mm-hmm. exactly what this film is. Exactly. What was really funny was we were watching this film. Again, this is streaming on Shudder, so this is an unofficial Shudder shout-out. Right, again, a shut-in Shudder shout-out. Wow. Ooh, that's good. <laughs> that's epic that you pulled that off. I was surprised myself. <laughs> Take a sip. Don't You're spent. Shit. <laughs> but no, this one plays truly like a mixtape. In fact, during this, when we were watching it, Genius was like, oh man, this is a mixtape. It's like, oh, oh, I, yeah, like, right. that's literally in my intro. I've already wrote this out. Is this your card? <laughs> <laughs> and it's really funny because... We'll get to Doomsday initially, but we we initially said we wanted to talk about the tropes, you know, when it comes to these post-apocalyptic films. So, again, little things that we're going to be looking for here. Checkoff's checklist. Yes. The football pads or accessories. Absolutely. Cannibalism. Uh Uh-huh. Nomads. Uh Uh-huh. Mentor, mentee, relationships, and desolation. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. I'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure we're good on all of those. So, holy God. 
this is such a mixtape, but it's a mixtape that I really dug. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know there's a lot of people that don't like this film. There's, there's, yeah. We're 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 gonna get to that. We're gonna get to that. But it's an awesome movie. Yeah, it is. It's done. I think that's the thing. Like we talk about, it, it's done with love. It's done with reverence of the mixtape that it's taking. Yep. I mean, if you're gonna take something, take it from the best and do it well. And I think that's what Neil Marshall did. And like he show, you know what? And that's another thing. Kudos to him because he's not even afraid to say, "Look, I love this shit, and this is why." And kudos to this person. Like even when like some of his characters are named Carpenter, mm-hmm. and like you see all sorts of like Carpenter shots. You know, I. I mean, just chalked full from head to toe. Even when it gets what the fuckery, it still like keeps on going. You know, it's got hints of all this other good flavor. I like it. It's a it's a good human stew. I, I said it, it plays like an Enzo Castellari film with a budget. Mm-hmm. It's like all those Italian ripoff films that you saw that just were blatantly stealing from Escape yeah. from New York. <laughs> yep. Yeah, blatantly stealing from the Warriors. In fact, I'll go back to Joe Bob's The Last Drive-In. This last week, they did a film called um, Contamination. Yeah. Have you seen that one? Is that the one? Is it that the one about the rats or is that the one about the bugs? It's actually neither. It's about space eggs. The alien, the alien, the one alien, that looks like yes. aliens, like total aliens ripoff where the it's, eggs and coming out of the body and everything. They explode. Exactly. It's one of those kind of films, but this is that with turn to 11 and done so lovingly. I, and I say, and I don't want to say that to make it sound like it's an insult because it's not. No. Because it's basically his love letter to all those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's, there's, uh, there's awesomeness of it's, every single trope in this. You got cars. You yeah. Get, like gratuitous gore. And you oh, have, oh it, lots of gore. This falls clearly into horror with the amount of gore. <laughs> this you know? is a hard R film, and they do not skimp on the gore at the practical effects. Mm-hmm. And I think it's funny. I think I even mentioned this when we talked in um, the Neil Marshall's Hellboy. Is the reason Hellboy didn't work for me is the same reason Doomsday does, which is really weird. Because I'm watching this film again, and just the escalated violence and the, just the sheer lunacy... But I'm like, I'm I'm going with it. Well, like in Hellboy, we said it was a mess and it worked yeah. in this one. This yeah. is this movie. Well, it's, it it's worked a, for us, I should it say. It worked for us. This movie is a mess. I mean, it, not a mess in a bad way. I mean, it's just a lot of different stuff. And if you're not ready for it, I think it's going to be like, whoa. But if you're ready to go along for the ride, it's a good fucking ride. It's a it works. Well, let's let's look at all the films on Neil Marshall's mixtape here, because let's face it, I think this is like if he was trying to impress genre nerds, he's like, okay, hmm, if I want to put together the most awesome like mixtape here of like films and stuff that I really dig, what what was gonna blow their socks off? So throw out one. What was one Dustin that immediately stood out to you? The illusion of dead reckoning with the oh. the sky the sky aerial flares. Yeah, okay, and so the, coming out of the big ass tank too. That, mm-hmm. that may or may not be the tanks from Aliens. Yeah, yeah. like if those two things drop, had yeah. yes, and again, it's one of those things that if you if you don't know Land of the Dead, it doesn't take anything away. Right. But if you do, you're like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. It's also it's a wonderful. But I'll tell you what, I think the one movie that this loves the most is, is Escape from New York. I think <laughs> how so genius? Right? Is, it, is it really? <laughs> hmm. Do you get an eyeful? Yeah, of like right. the I, had keep, I had to keep an eye out, but I think oh. I might have got it. But first of all, first of all, when we're introduced to like uh, the origin story, it's kind of fucked up. In the first two minutes, like the <laughs> an infected person, they talk about how the infected Reaper virus just gets it destroys Glasgow, and it shows it graphically. And then they shoot a person, blood squirts on this kid, and then the fucking this <laughs> army just opens fire on all these people. Welcome to Doomsday, kids. It's, and then it gets classy because Malcolm McDowell's like, "It was a justifiable kill," and you're like, "Holy <laughs> shit!" <laughs> like, so, it sets the tone early early but you talk about a tonal shift that happens eventually and we'll get to it it's all over the place um what's another one that worked for you all of it um all of a sudden it turned into like fucking i well no i'll save that because that's one of the turns okay i yeah, think well, there was a lot of different like places this was go this was a choose your own adventure book and i loved the way how it went but another one that stuck out to me was um I would like to almost like to say 28 days later. There was a lot of like 
violence and carnage of that way. I, I, I really enjoyed the, the effects of the dead. Again, they just put all of it together, but you mentioned Escape from New York, and so let's talk initially about Rona Mitra mm-hmm. and her turn as Eden Sinclair, mm-hmm. which is, what do you say initially? Snake Miskin. There you go. And she plays pulls it off perfectly. Mm-hmm. Like, if that could have been an Escape from New York, you know, Escape from film with the gender reverse snake blizzard, I'm good for it. Yeah. Because she's fantastic in the film. Well, the first thing we see her is in that boat scene, and that was Which, cool as shit because I remember seeing this in the theater and just seeing this. Okay, first and foremost, both of you saw this in the theater. Is that uh-huh. correct? That's yeah. true. Yeah. I think you may have been the only two that saw this in the theater. No, there was about 10 people in there, cause, <gasps> but that's about, I think it was the only ones in Kansas. Do you th- I, I think no, we were I, the only ones that saw it that weekend yeah. twice. twice. I think but I guarantee- we, we saw a lot of movies there. We're like, whoa, that, I think at the time we we're like, whoa, a lot of action and pretty girls. Let's go. Well, you I know? guarantee you, though, all 10 of those people are also doing podcasts. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is that kind of movie that people that saw this in the theater are doing podcasts, because I'm so jealous of that. I saw this eventually just on DVD. Um, saw it by myself, of course, a first time by myself viewing, but immediately I was like, I need to tell people about this because it mixed all my favorite things. Mm-hmm. And I talked about this initially. The first time I saw it, though, it was just so... There were so many overt things. Like yeah. the whole thing in Escape from New York, when you get the... The imagery. The computer graphic. And in, in, lo- in lieu of Jamie Lee Curtis, we do get Malcolm McDowell. Right. But initially when I saw it, I kind of pulled one of those Leon and the professional where I looked around to no one. I'm like, <laughs> is he like being this blatant? Right. Like, and it, that's when it took me back to those Italian knockoff films. I'm like, damn, he's not holding back. Well, even character wise, you have and a then, badass with one eye and an eye patch going around killing people, sniping people. But would that eyeball serve a purpose genius? Yes, it's a purposeful eyeball. I thought that was pretty cool because it's set it's, in the future. And, of course, you're going to have a little bit of futuristic shit. So why not uh, ca- M- camera eye, you know? Well, it's That's great. Rad. And it, it sets Just off. rolling around. <laughs> <laughs> comes to a perfect stop. Uh-huh. Nobody mind the little floating eyeball. Mm-hmm. But then when she comes around and she shoots that girl in the bathtub, at first I thought she was going to be like, you know, uh, like, oh, I'll take it easy, you know, but... Pop, 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 pop. And that was super cool when you just see the bloody water coming out of the the bathtub. Again. It makes sense. This is a hard R film. This is a hard R cartoon. This is the man that gave us the descent. Uh, This is the man that gave us dogs. Again, going back to the Neil Marshall D theory, you know, any film that starts with a D with him usually is going to be delightful. Um, (laughs) But that one actually kind of took me back, going back to the professional again, that initial kill with... um, Stansfield with Gary Oldman when he kicks open the door and kills what's her bucket from Little Shop of Horrors. Mm-hmm. It's that that visceral of a kill, and it goes back I think to the like the practical effects oh, yeah. that are on this. Yep, and that initial kill with the headshot, the accidental oh, kill, and that was gratuitous too. Oh. Wow, there there was a lot of head explosions in this movie. Again, a a hard lot of head explosions. This is. I'd like to know what their blood budget was on this film. A lot, a lot. We need more brains. Some right. guy's just stirring up a gigantic tub of cottage cheese. <laughs> Keep stirring the sauce. Right? <laughs> just to put all those extras to work. Like, you're, you're just standing around. Da, 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 dun, dun, you know, just like. <laughs> well, being that it is a British film, we do have a cavalcade of British character actors that come through here. And, of course, top notch. A cavalcade of Cockney characters. Oh, even better. <laughs> Bob Hoskins at the top of that though, right? Yes, man. Old man Mario. Dude, I love when I love when Bob Hoskins shows up, especially as like a heavy or like somebody in power, like an unleashed, unleashed another yep, rat or yep. another rat ass movie. I think the alternate title, Danny the Dog, is still my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Danny the Dog is dope. Wow. Yeah. So, Look at you with the alliteration I this know, evening. Oh, man. Genius is on point. It must be a doomsday. And and I'm going to say this. I know it's an unpopular opinion, and I would have always said back in the day, if you would have asked me like late 80s, early 90s, who I would have wanted to play Wolverine in a movie, mm-hmm. I would have always said Glenn Danzig. That was the easy answer. But now looking back in things and looking at how they did with Hugh Jackman, he's this huge you know, six-foot-one Wolverine. I think the brave choice would have been Bob Hoskins early 80s because he's short he's got a bad temper mm-hmm. and i don't know there's just something surly about him that i think would have worked he could get svelte and be all chussly <laughs> that's just it he needs chussle he doesn't need muscle he needs chussle yeah i don't want him just ripped a, the, the beer swilling canadian like bob if you, Hoskins. if you hit him like, you know what's gonna hurt you right okay, i want that kind of build <laughs> 
It's it's just through Who you know. Fucked up Roger Rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> please eddie indeed oh my god that's frightening but he and he but he does get to play that role though he now super british super british coming like what's got all your knickers in a twist you know what pissed in your cornflakes this morning also they're even like when the shit hits the fan and that whole like british thing was there i was like the only thing that would make this british scene more british was wearing powdered wigs because they're like what we're gonna do past the times river you know (laughs) it was awesome just surly british chaos going on hooligans running amok actually hooligans do run amok in a scene that you were like holy shit that reminds me of a life force mm-hmm, exactly when like all the people are dying with the virus and stuff and the virus is nasty well, the that vi- is a cool looking nasty ass virus and like you said it kind of manifested 28 days later esque i'm just gonna throw it out there vaccinate your kids mm. there you go please. <laughs> yeah that way they, they don't get the reaper virus right it's gonna be tw- <laughs> 28 minutes later shit <laughs> it's not 28 vaccines later it's very simple <laughs> 28 shots uh, uh another one uh the warrior Yep. Yeah. There was even they, a Warriors guy in yeah, one of the scenes like of the cannibals. Of the yeah. And the old warrior buzz. I was just waiting for like the head hooligan come out and play. Ding, I ding, was ding, ready ding, for ding. the copyright police to come out and like, please pull over, <laughs> sir. That's a little Mr. too much Shenton, right now. This is from the estate of Walt Disney. Please cease and desist. <laughs> and again, again, there's nothing wrong with it because no, I because it every, works every time it happens. I'm like, yes, I'm yeah. ju- because it's it's he's playing almost like in a genre toy box, mm-hmm. and he's like, oh, I love that. You know, I love the oh the 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 AC tur- the turbo ACs. You know. When wars let's bring them out mm-hmm. uh we've got uh, uh, uh there's that initial siege plays very well even like when so the whole thing is she saves the uh she's a cop troubled past of course mm-hmm. the reaper virus appears again they have to take and it's again so escape from new york they have to break into this wall to see if to about get, survivors see, uh-huh. it's, bring again, back the cure yeah it, it plays on all these post-apocalyptic tropes again the mentor mentee relationship we do get with Bob Hoskins and Rona Mitra. Mm-hmm. Check off right there. Uh, great scenes of desolation mm-hmm. in there as well. But then you get this James. Cam- and again, this is let's dig into James Cameron's toy box now when they get the whole let's meet the team. It's yep. going to go into the wall right. for this mm-hmm. cure. And it's just it's straight up. Who, who what, what trope are you? You know, what's your main purpose? What's your cool like special power? You know, if it, you know, if we get into a fight. Oh yeah, you've got the it's, you've got the girl the, the the girl driver of the APC that they have. Also the that, mechanics. Yeah, she's yeah. also the mechanic, and you know you've got everybody kind of going through their arming moments. Right. And, you got the demolitions expert, and then you got the guy who's like the uh, like the like <laughs> nerdlinger, but he's a badass because he's I can't think of his name, but he's in Dog Soldiers, and he's also he plays Alfred Pennyworth in the Gotham TV series. He's kind of like Neil Marshall's that guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With Neil Marshall's stable, <laughs> and so you have all these little cast of like characters and then there's another uh, character actor in here and i don't know his name but you can't understand him because his voice is just so low and gargled david o'hara is that who it is the guy that plays canaris yeah well i think i said something like it's like it sounds like he swallowed tom waits (laughs) yeah (laughs) like it's not like a tom waits-esque voice it's like he's just got tom waits inside yeah i like i almost had to put on like the subtitles anytime he came on (laughs) You think Christian Bale heard him was like, I could do something with that, like with Batman. Yes. (laughs) The rape of virus for everybody. (laughs) No, I thought it was great. But then all of a sudden, you're like, what's going to happen? They go into... um, this hospital and another influence, it totally turns into fucking John Carpenter's assault yes, on Precinct 13. Yes, it does. You know? Because people just keep coming. Just coming, just hordes of hooligans. I stopped counting after at least 20 because I remember it just being almost a commando esque, comical kind of yeah. number of people. Because. And the score actually is a little Carpenter esque as well. Exactly. Which funny enough, but no, this is the weird transition when you go from like the Cameron aliens then into the Sultan Precinct Thirteen, hardcore then into your Warriors S because here we get the Nomads, the 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 initial gain, and we also can we check like not necessarily football pads but like accessories, accessories because you know what accessories slash mohawks. Because, like, there was a lot of mohawks and accessories in there, and all these accessories. It just, everybody looked like 
dirty. Everybody looked like what you would think a person in the wasteland would look like. Uh, come on, man. They don't have, like, prell in the wasteland. I mean, <laughs> No, that's true. That's a commodity. No, that's true. You got to have as least amount of hair as possible, so I'm set. But, I mean, at the same time. You're, you're you're the Ayatollah of rock and roll. So, <laughs> no, I thought it was great. And then, of course, goes back to Escape uh, uh, of New York with the floor show. Oh. Every good villain should have a floor show entrance, you know, just to have the fine young cannibals or fine young cannibals. Oh, yeah. No. And that's what I there's just double entendre there. But I love just the fact that maybe that's the lone track they have. That's the only song that they can actually play for Saul's intro, and that's why just everyone, well, here it comes again. Dun, 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 dun. They got the one tape. It's Neil Marshall's mixtape. It's like oh, I found this here, you know. And then all of a sudden, dun 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 dun. Can can I'm does I'm telling you off mic is almost Benny Hill. <laughs> Whenever I hear can can, I know some fun shit's gonna happen. I would go to that party. I would go to that barbecue. See, and that's what's funny. This time watching, I was like, oh, it makes me feel old. I was like, oh, those those youngsters and their weird fire spinning. And <laughs> they're just on their dangerous motors. I'm like, oh, my God, what's going to happen here? <laughs> they're Would, cannibalistic barbecues. <laughs> Would you go to the barbecue? You're damn right I'd go to the barbecue. Yeah. I'd, be the, I'd be the pit master. <laughs> <laughs> Extra crispy. See, that's what I'm afraid. I'm afraid I'd end up in the pit, unfortunately. We'd save you a plate. Thought, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they And let's face it, they're not savages. As we uh, no, because they use plates. Yep. They might use their fingers but at least they have dixie plates they're fancy of course it's tea time and as soul said in his big uh, inspirational speech you know we're gonna cook a medium rare yeah you know, not rare like a savage medium rare and mm-hmm. they could uh and we get again cannibalism we either be overt or hinted at this was graphic cannibalism when they were ripping into the flesh and the meat and stuff i was like wow that actually looks kind of tasty <laughs> <laughs> Not a deal breaker. Not a deal breaker. None of it. Even so, like, rah. remind me never to come to your booth at the American <laughs> Royal Barbecue. <laughs> mm-hmm. It takes all kinds of critters. What happened to Steve? <laughs> huh? Don't worry about it. <laughs> the secret is in the meat. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think he's all a little round. He wears the little Steve in us right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, then we even get a hint of, and God help me, I was such a lived such a sheltered suburban life, but I only knew a gimp from Pulp Fiction. But we get a lot of gimp action in this scene as well <laughs> we get a lot of gimp action <laughs> and it's just some one of those weird things is just bring out the gimp bring right? it the gimp's asleep well, I, got, I got a question for you was the gimp pounded on that mattress with a shillelagh no a shillelagh. I, I think it was, if a, it was like a femur i think it was a femur okay. and only if it was irish would it be a shillelagh oh gotcha yeah, yeah. i think it was i think it was just a bone gimp so <laughs> And then, <laughs> and so, like, that's kind of terrifying in itself. And then think of horror, just a, a unrelenting army of cannibals coming at you. And then we get that crazy uh, Saul's number two, his his main squeeze there, mm-hmm. and they flash fry that guy. And yeah. like you said, it's gnarly and nasty. Because they dig into him. It's a reminder. This is a hard R movie. <laughs> that's what I love so much about it. It's just how mean it is, how nasty it is, how gory it is, mm-hmm. but also st- how much fun it is Mm -hmm. like that's ultimately the reason why i think that this film has survived and found an audience now on home video because it is uh, my only nitpick with it is it runs like an hour and 50 this is one of those films give me an hour 35 and we're good yeah canon film runtime yep there we go yep that's yeah i I can't this is a classy canon film this is again a step above the castellari the canon Mm -hmm. but still wonderful but then i think there was a you said there's a lot of different places where everything just switches around and sure enough once they escape once they try to escape the cannibals that was a good scene of them running down the train you know and what's great is they ultimately find uh someone in that's locked up with them they say it's the the doctor's daughter that they're looking for never go with the doctor's daughter or the farmer's daughter Jokes have taught us this, right? Yep. Especially if you're a traveling salesman. <laughs> <laughs> but they say, no, he's our dad. I can get you in. Let's go. And <laughs> they go into this tunnel. And I think that's where it loses a lot of people because everybody, you're on for this ride all and expecting. It's been a, and it's checked off all the things we'd see in a post-apocalyptic film. Mm-hmm. Everything, again, we've almost hit all the checkpoints at this point. We're all along this ride. We've seen all the homages that we are familiar with. Again, these callbacks, all these familiar things. Because we're already in like apocalypse mind mode. Right. Know? Absolutely. Now, 
What happens there, genius? What happens if you go beyond this door? Right, and you turn into this magical tunnel, and like this is an enchanted forest. Like, welcome to Tennis Lee. I was like, seriously, the first time I saw it, I was expecting like Billy Barty to run in, like you survived five hundred years, you know, and like just because like you don't know what to expect because you hear this ominous music, and then all of a sudden it's like this magical forest. And then, like, the fucking mountain shows up. Well, and you're introduced to the daughter and her her brother, and they are dressed a la, what did you say, Dustin? I I said he looked like Legolas. Legolas. (laughs) (laughs) And you go along with it initially, like, okay, fair enough, everyone has their own little gimmicks that they do in the post-electrical film. But again, like you said, here comes the mountain. Here comes, we've done Escape from New York, we've done the Warriors, we've done the the Road Warrior. Now we're getting Excalibur. Mm -hmm. Now we're getting Camelot. And for some people... This is where I think there should be like a little like um, waiver that you sign before the film. Like if you go beyond this door. Right. If you don't dig this, it's fine. That's because I'm going to say this. I had a friend of ours was watching this with me because he was one of the first people I sought out after seeing the film for the first time going, oh, my God, this is so much fun. And so I'm hyping the film. I'm like, oh, you're going to have so much fun. This movie. It's crazy. (laughs) Right. He gets to this part. We go through that door. (laughs) The mountain shows up. There's that beautiful shot of yeah. this huge white horse in Rona Mitra, right? And I, th- out of context, anyone could probably make that sound horribly dirty. <laughs> but it's just this, this amazing imagery, though, right? And then we get to ye old gift shop. Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. The film takes such a total turn that my friend was like, I'm done. This is just too much. And literally just was, I'm, I'm going to head out, man. Like, it was like, holy shit. I've, I've, I've never seen that happen to a... To someone have that kind of reaction to a film. Just get up and leave. I'm done. <laughs> and I was like, I, I, I understand. But for me, I was like, oh, no. And I tried like, no, embrace it. Just go with it. Go with it. Like, <laughs> right. I understand. But like, come on, let's go. Like, there's some weird even. And I was like, no, if this is. Okay, fine. You're good. You're good. Right. Go, go along. Go along. I had to lone wolf this one at this point. <laughs> Again, wandering the wasteland can be dangerous. So you know, especially when you're the only one in the theater. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you're the only one ca- in Camelot now. It's up to you, Greg. <laughs> Fucking Gildor comes out of the screen, hands you Excalibur or Robitri's <laughs> eye. <laughs> I'm worthy. <laughs> Choose wisely. Well, once we are introduced to Malcolm McDowell and his his just Make, making everything classy classing up the joint but are they like larpers gone wrong are these yeah. and I they're know. extras from role models well, right? but dungeons you, and dragons you know how the hardcore well, you genius you're one of them yeah. you're one of the uh the um the renaissance. renaissance yeah that's what it is you, and you know what it's like coming out of the gate why not because like they're in Scotland, the home of castles. So, like, you know, <laughs> why not? You're kind of foolish if you don't exactly. introduce that cosplay. Yes, especially, but I mean, just to come out straight up saying, you'll give shop, like, an ex courtesy, <laughs> thanks to medieval times, you know, right on the again credits. But I thought it was, I thought that was like, yeah, you, we know. We know. Let's do this. And I'm all for it. I was and, too. I was like, all right. And Malcolm McDowell's going to give me a little bit more exposition in person. Mm-hmm. And he's the king mm-hmm. of the survivors. With Let's his, go with, with it. With his voice, totes my goats. You know? I just love it when he gets angry. Right. Like when he gets snide. Michael like, Myers is dead. <laughs> you didn't believe me. Now you need my help. <laughs> like, damn, Grandpa. He'd be a dope Skeletor. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he would. Yeah, he would. Hello, just like Frank Langella has a little company there potentially. No, I it's I I've embraced that part of it to the point that when you get the like the trial by combat, yeah, yep, I was I'm full all, on board. Let's do it. I'm mm-hmm. all, let's let's put Snake Plissken in this environment. Escape from escape from you know escape the from round Camelot. table exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm done. Oh, Carpenter, come on now. Time traveling. The actual Duke of New York. <laughs> And whatever the alphabet was, then it would be A number one, somewhere or the other. <laughs> he's over there, like, it could be, like, surfs up. And he's, like, on his surf. Because, yeah. Messy, uh, <laughs> hominid yeah. humor. That's good. I like that. Like, speak, you're keeping it classy. Yeah, my, Michael McDowell is just, like, throwing through the thing. Classing up the joint. Totes my goats. <laughs> but you are the... I'm also curious to, to like... 
you have to keep character the entire time mm-hmm. because their whole idea is, you know, he's convinced everyone that the outside world has, there's no one out there. Mm-hmm. So do these people, I mean, do they just, if they were like, oh, I miss my Walkman. Do you know, do they go to the, 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 to the punk? I yeah. mean, maybe, maybe, but it's kind of interesting. I mean, cause we've seen, kind of seen it in like the, we in the walking dead. Yes, I mean, you have people embrace different things. I mean, if there was, if this was done in like America, they would go in an Amish land. You know what I'm saying? They'd be raising barns and churning exactly. butter. And they, and so like, Amazing furniture. Seriously, why not do the, uh, the ca- if you have the castles, live the castle life with the swords and the, sh- and the shit. You got it all right that's, there. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, like. They say it, shoot with what you have. Right? I'm sure there's other, like, <laughs> there's other facets <laughs> that, like, I don't even want to go into. Like, we furry kingdom will destroy. And it's like, oh, no. Um, <laughs> And then, then there's the Benny Hillians. You know, you have the Benny Hill survivors. Cause and every fight they get into is comical. <laughs> they start getting chased. They chase other people. You'll die laughing, you will. <laughs> and they survive because of that fact that everyone around them likes them and they yeah. tolerate them. Yeah. It's like they, amazing. They're not good in the field of fighting, but yet somehow they survive. They don't you. kill people, but no. with laughter. They, exactly. <laughs> you'll die laughing. They'll like, they just steal enough from the character. But it shows you that you need shenanigans for survival, (laughs) regardless. Every you know, and that's what's funny is everyone ultimately (laughs) builds into you know they find a utility, they find a role, kind of like what we did in Stake. They find a car. (laughs) Hey, again, this film was doesn't finance on its own. There, (laughs) I didn't know it was Bentley. I don't know the big B like that. Oh, that's a badass car. A person like me, I'm like, that's the B car. That's fine. But I'll allow it because I mean, you have Raiders of another Raiders of the Lost Ark reference in there because I even think they even said it in there like what what do we got the Lost Ark in here here? yeah at least they knew at least they knew once again if you're going to take from the best take from the best best and do it well and at least acknowledge that you're doing it you know Mm -hmm. so like I think they pulled it off nicely but I can understand when people like where they find Deus Ex Machina with a car but at the same time it works. No, it's in, in the context storage. of where everything exactly mm-hmm. they ju- and they looked for like the mana what would the co- the manifesto no the manifest the manifest there we go it was destiny. I, I mean it had to drive the story forward yeah uh, uh, <laughs> I'll see myself out but also it gets a chance to introduce the chasing mm-hmm. a requisite that you would get in a lot of you just you just missed having like a little bobby car. No, actually, they kind of no. They pulled him. That's one pulled him over the first time. That's the first time, and then you get it goes back to the punks and the whole Mad Maxian wasteland. Right. So this guy not not only does he love Escape from New York, he loves the Road, road warrior. warrior. He loves the Road Warrior. Yeah, be, to be, well, he'll kill his own stuntmen. I mean, yeah, exactly. Because you've got the the gimp strapped to the front <laughs> of the car like the blood bag in Fury Road, right? And then even he's got his even like the main punks got his girlfriend still with the decapitated head duct tape which you stepped out I think to go to the bathroom on that one but that scene still plays wonderfully because oh absolutely it does she does it's a three step process where she chops off her hand her head and then she just wicks her sword at that guy down the hallway <laughs> which made me laugh the first time I ever watched that and it's still to me elicits laughter because it's like damn well the the thing that you talked about you know it's the little beats for me that that make this film because you know after she lops off Viper's head there's a part where Viper's head blinks. Like, the head just blinks after like, being oh, decapitated. Like a chicken? Yeah. Like, and then, you know, after the after the one guy, like, uses the shotgun and blows the other DC, uh, what was it, DC, or DDS guy, he, he shoots his head off, and the guy goes, oh, shit, like, he didn't even realize he did it. <laughs> like, those beats are just hysterical for mm-hmm. me. And then also to introduce... Well, let me ask you, on Action Aficionado, how would you rate that with the action in this movie? I mean, like, up there is... Oh, I'm going to go eight and a half if we're talking about, like, sheer action film. Because, I mean, you've got sword play. Mm -hmm. You've got ye olde sword play. (laughs) You've got gun play. (laughs) I mean, that checks off three of the four. Yeah. You got vehicular manslaughter. That's very true. Like, even, like, they're running over their own friends. Like, bip, 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 bip. Graphically, too. Yes, and that's the other thing. meat bags. Just meat meat bags well that's this is such a loving homage to all the things that were wonderful in the 80s that i'm i'm curious ultimately how a nor if would a normie like this particular film is Uh, it so all over 
Or is it too all over? I think some people would lose it right at the right at the turn in the film. Because which I mean, one? Which it's one? a choose your own adventure well, you know, movie. When they go through the portal to Tira's Lee, right. you know, I think they would get lost when they see that part. Right. Just because it's it's more story driven. I mean, granted, we still get like the the Rona Mitra versus the mountain fight sequence, which you know, dope. the trial by well, combat. He, yeah. he wasn't really a mountain, was he? He was a mole. No, he was like five eight. Yeah, I mean, mound. she's like five four. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's the molehill. Yeah, you know, exactly. So, but it's like you know, I think other than that part, everything else turns story wise after their little jaunt through the tunnel well, no, and then when, when they go back, back through the tunnel yes. it turns into an action film right. again. Out, they look at their watch they were only gone for like a minute exactly the, time, the time works tunnel. different right. on the other side <laughs> huzzah <laughs> but then we get into the requisite car chase which is scored in the on the soundtrack by frankie goes to hollywood <laughs> two tribes go to war <laughs> Which per- well, I think worked perfect. really well, yep. actually, mm-hmm. because the first time I heard that song, again, all by myself, but <laughs> I perked up. I'm like, oh, I like this song. And then I started the dun, 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 and true traps go to war. I'm like, I'm really into the song. Let's right. do this. And then when you get this, what I like about this particular little car chase is you get kind of a, a trope subversion because Saul dives into the car they're in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's and genuinely then, scary because he's over there. He think about it, dude. Okay, picture you're like a street hooligan, street tough in your car in your face oh. while you're trying to drive. Like holy shit! And the the way it's edited, there's a little shot when his feet are finally going in, and just like those little booties going in. And it's kind of scary, but kind of funny. Yeah. There's even another shot where like another guy is coming out on the side, and the other and the other guy's kidding out, so it looks like one long dude, and it's just <laughs> it looks like a magician cut him in half. Abracadabra, Merlin. <laughs> right? He's he's in a refugee from the other camp. He's on a horse behind him, way back in the well, back, going, "Come on, guys, get me there, get me there." Speaking of Merlin, when we were first introduced to Malcolm McDonald, he's sitting there in his wizard's chair, looking all shit. I didn't expect him to be like, "Welcome." I have created fire and just fire coming out of his hands like a fireball I would buy it I would even buy like it'd be even better if it was just flash paper and a little thing he got it like a right here since it was the gift shop he has the snow glove I can do magic behold springtime shakes it up winter's wind Ooh. <laughs> And so, like, you didn't know what to expect, but you went with it. Well, and what's funny is I talked about the, the cool imagery, and even in that particular shot, there's um, there's that wonderful shot of, like, the castle, mm-hmm. with the sun setting, and then it transitioned to, like, a, an exotic bird. Yeah. And we're all like, oh, my God, that's, like, you know, side of the van imagery going on, but it works, and it kind of immerses you into that world, but then again, you're thrown back into... Head first into a car with this, you know, punk in there. Ah! And even the doctor reacts like, oh, ah! people getting ran over. And the, again, the vehicular manslaughter yeah. that's going on here to a the point where it. the gimp shows up and he, then the dude starts talking to him. He's like, you like pain? And he's <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if that was like a yes or no, because yeah. it was just gimp speak. He's like, because Bleh. he didn't give him the safety <laughs> word. He couldn't <laughs> speak. Nanners. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Oklahoma poof and like that other guy that just like fell off and oh <laughs> he fell off his bike or whatever he was on and he just lands on this thing and this other car just comes and just this runs right over him he got attacked by a party bus it well, was glorious and, and like the the practical effects of how he like splatters up the trunk <laughs> like he splatters yeah. up the back side <laughs> of the car there's a lot of splatter on this it's gory it's a wet movie yeah, yeah it's it like is. neil marshall did some research like if we ran over somebody <laughs> hypothetically how would they splatter on a volvo <laughs> If we added just an inch, an you know, inkling of cartoon logic into yeah, this film, exactly. and that's the other thing that you can totally, this film is cartoonish and absurd as it is, pretty much everyone in the film has taken it seriously. Mm-hmm. Like even as cartoonish as Saul is as a bad guy, it's a, like they're not winking at the audience. No, and that's what I think works. Makes I think what makes the film work for me. But maybe that's what's turning other people off because they need someone to be winking at them with this much kind of cheese going on. I don't know, because I mean, right. if it was a normie, it would be they wouldn't have that effect. And I know normies who would dig this, you know. Yeah. I think, especially action fans, you know. I think normies would dig it just because of the popularity of Game of Thrones. 
because I don't think they I don't think they would get so lost because people love oh, action yeah. movies, but I don't think they would get lost during the twist now with the popularity of like the like Nightfall and you know the the Kingdom of Heaven and all these movies that have had such you know success lately. Do you think it's kind of was ahead of its time? No, I think it was just batshit crazy for the time. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, it don't work at any time. But I Either think was, you like it or you don't. <laughs> yeah, I think it was just batshit crazy to be awesome, though, you know? It's what I want to see in, like, an action post-apocalyptic stuff. And even even when it turns into Ye Old Renfair, it's everything I want to see from Ye Old Renfair. You know, it's got, like, swords and people getting eviscerated and, like archery and bombs and shit see you and me we we go way back so like this is like the best batch of kool-aid you ever made out mm-hmm. of two different packets of kool-aid mm-hmm. oh, so this is like yeah this is like like cherry uh-huh and, and black cherry yeah and black cherry or great blue dini and cherry mm-hmm. yeah or tropical punch and lemonade or like special Ooh, lemonade yep. yeah now are you adding any extra sugar to that of course okay <laughs> do we grow in kck of course you come gotta on, have sugar you gotta on. have that rot your teeth sugar come on it's gotta be there's gotta be candy at the bottom <laughs> that's <laughs> There's got to be a Kool-Aid slurry. <laughs> so is that maybe just that this movie is too indulgent then? Because, you know, we maybe, always talk maybe about... Maybe it's too much. Yeah. Maybe it is too much. You got cannibal, violent, violent, violent cannibalism, people getting eviscerated, um, ye old sword play. <laughs> ye old ye, fuckery, as ye, you would call ye it. Ye old fuckery. Ye old car play. If you put all of these genres on one buffet, could they get along? Yeah. Do you think you'd have oh, like you know some interplay? See, that's because the maybe they don't belong on one plate. May- maybe you need multiple trips. That's it. I think I like your buffet analogy. Some people like to go to buffets, and some people don't like to go to buffets. I think the people who like to go to buffets and like to fill up their fucking plate and make their buffet worth it. I think they're gonna dig uh, but, this. But I think the issue is you got all those separate foods touching each other. Sometimes, sometimes I need them separate, but sometimes you can put them together. Sometimes hey man, they, they all go together anyway. I was at, I was at breakfast. I was at breakfast. Uh, I went to. Uh, Mother's Day buffet lunch the other day at Argosy Casino, and they had like breakfast and like like lunch going on, and I wound up having bacon on my like sh- breaded shrimp. I ate the two together, it fucking changes did, my life. Did you dip it in like maple syrup? A mm-hmm, little bit and a little bit. <laughs> it was just like oh, just indulgence. See, so, like bacon wrapped uh, deep fried shrimp. It was glorious. Well, it's, you it's never like know. The, Magic like buffet. Happens. You know, Greg always says that he's not as decadent as what he used to be back in his I younger days. You can still it. be decadent. But genius and I have, have free. Frequented literally every buffet in the Kansas City metro area. So this is like when you go to a Chinese buffet and you're getting some like Kung Pao chicken, but they've got chicken strips <laughs> and crispy crowns right. and jello. When you get crab rangoon <laughs> and tacos. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And some of that really harsh soft serve that hurts your teeth yep. when you get into it, not only because it's cold, but because of just how much sugar. And the sprinkles have been it. sitting not too mm-hmm. long. They're a little stale, but they still taste like sprinkles. It works. It's, it, it works. I mean, every, every but this doomsday and buffets like that. Doomsday yeah. buffet. Oh. Mm. Mm. For some people, these all these signs are saying don't do it. But then, <laughs> God love them. There are people that are like, you know, I'm gonna give that a try. That sounds pretty good. That sounds for the buffet aficionado, the it, genre buffet. Yes, and of course, uh, hopefully, you know, we've been spoiling the shit out of this film. It's a very old film at this point, but it's one I don't think deserves enough. Gets enough love at this point, but I can get it if you don't dig it. Right. Oh yeah, no. Again, I because like, again, it's I violent, gnarly as it is. But it's I think you're so violent. It's extremely violent and it's, gnarly. But I think if you're if you're down for violence and gnarly and you're ready just to go for the ride, you're gonna have a fun ride. Yeah. If you don't like the ride, I get it. But at the same time, this n- more people need to be on this ride. Regardless, very true. Very true. you know. Well, again, so, I'm, I'm very envious that you both got to see this in the theater. This is one rad. of those that I would like to see in the theater again, up on the big screen. Hell yeah. Just because I think this deserves to be seen with an audience that can appreciate it, that are going to see every... And that's the other thing that you could throw in. You could put in like a weird drinking game of just drink with every reference you see. <laughs> and, you know, it could be People one of those be things... People would be drunk in the first 10 minutes right. of the exactly. Holy shit. Again, with where, the where, where did the knights come from? No, we, I know we want people to watch the movie. We want people to see it, not like kind of remember it. No. Well, but. speaking of the Game of Thrones stuff, uh, apparently, you know, the, I hear that Game of Thrones only has one episode left at this yep, point. One remaining. Mm-hmm. So, are you guys saddened by you know saying goodbye to Game of Thrones? Kind of am. You know, and going back to you know being able to rewatch some of the episodes on like the the streaming services, I think it's. Um, I, I am better for that show having existed. Yeah. Because I'm not a I'm not a reader. I'm not gonna read seven hundred page books. Fuck no. That's an investment. Exactly. Mm-hmm. 
No, I think I, I've invested eight years of my life in this show. I might as well see it to the end, you know? Very true. I, I stand on this mountain. I'm going to die on this mountain, God damn it! So By knocking him through a brick wall. Spoiler. Right? <laughs> Spoiler. No, I'm not sad to see it. I mean, I am sad to see it go because I really fucking dig the show. Whatever. But at the same time, it's it's been good. So it, it'd be what it'd be. Yep. I think we would, we can all agree that it deserved more. Ultimately, like if yeah. you could have stretched this out to another two year, more, another year or two would have been nice. It. That would have been dope. That would have been fine. But oh man, I can't imagine hey. trying to wrap all this up. They but got more. Got, but we got movies like Doomsday to kind of fill exactly. the void. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So and so, I'm a, another one out there. Um, Night Riders, that George Romero, Romero film, one? Yeah. which is. Watch the trailer. The trailer itself, you're going to go, whoa, what's Ed Harris doing? Whoa, what's Tom Savini doing? What, uh, what, <laughs> what is happening here? It's probably his most personal film. It's definitely all about kind of filmmaking. Uh, but what are some other films that you would recommend to some of the listeners out there? If you, know, if you, if you like this film, you'll like Doomsday. Dog Soldiers. There, ooh, going back to going, going to the going, Neil Marshall. Going to the Neil yeah. Marshall. If you like this style, it's fun. That's it's Dog Soldiers is a great werewolf movie. I mean, it's just a f- it, yeah. fun, violent yes. werewolf movie. And another one where it's again wearing the Cameron influence on the yeah. sleeve. Uh huh. Absolutely. With werewolves. With werewolves. <laughs> Dustin, I'd probably have to go Resident Evil. Oh, yeah. Just because it's a little yeah. darker. It's like an ominous tone. You got a really strong female character. You know. Yeah. So. Well, and also the whole post-apocalyptic thing, the mm-hmm. Resident Evil movies eventually mm-hmm. veer into that. Because yep. basically, if you just let the people with the Reaper virus out, you would have well, Resident Evil. Yeah, you if, know? if you don't throw in the Knights of the Round Table, you've got pretty much Resident Evil. <laughs> well, and that's what this movie could fit safely into any of those universes, which mm-hmm. I think is great. Uh, the one I'm going to recommend is John Borman's Excalibur, mm-hmm. only because it's it's kind of, it's not a chore to get through, but it's a long film. It's an indulgent film. It's also got one of the great portrayals of Merlin in there. Uh, and it's <laughs> it's also got one of its... I just remember being so violent and seeing it as a kid and just seeing these knights just beating each other mercilessly. <laughs> and then just seeing this... Just not understanding the film, but just going, this is amazing. Revisiting as an adult plays even better. So check it out. Um, yeah, those are all the things. And pr- what other films are we missing? You know, there are probably some references in that they're like, I cannot believe you guys missed, missed that. Our, yeah, I mean, like, tell us about it. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at Nightmare Junk. Uh, hit us up on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. Make sure again, uh, come on out. And if you're in the Kansas City area, in the Midwest area, on the 17th, you know, the day this is releasing, get dirty. Yeah. And then the 24th, come out. Um, you know, Joe Bob's last drive-in. I, I, I'm really looking forward to this. Cause That's it's, gonna be fun on a bus. It's gonna be weird though, because like I said, I'm so accustomed to being at a home doing it. Mm-hmm. We'll see how it plays with the crowd. Yep. Shutter shouting ch- shit. <laughs> shut in, shutter, shout out. Shout, shutter, shut in, shout out. Shit. <laughs> no, that's cheating. Okay. Cheating. Cheating. <laughs> So again, Media Rewind, where they can they find that, Dustin? Media Rewind Pod at the Twitters and Media Rewind Podcast on Boom Howdy and also on the Facebook. Well, thank you for making it this far into the wasteland with us. Well, thank you very much. Uh, at this point now, we must kill you and eat you. Uh, yeah. I think we have to go forward. Uh, <laughs> uh, is it that way? As we dance over here, we shiv over here. So until next week, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And we'll see you in your dreams. Dreams. <laughs>